me ask you a last question, Bill. Um, now uh, you are doing yourself this transition into a new function, and um, you leave behind um, a legacy of having transformed the world uh, into a, I, I would say, into an information society. Um, now, if you look forward and um, at your next career step, career may be not the right word here, but uh, at, your, at your next life phase, um, uh, what, what would you like to see as your legacy in 10, 15 years? Uh, of the new work? Of the new work. Yeah. yeah. Of your new function. Well, I... I set very ambitious goals because I'm quite optimistic. If you look at, say, the, the 20 diseases uh, that our Global Health Program goes after, I hope that within 15 years, over half of those, we could have had a very dramatic impact. Uh, some of them will prove to be harder than others. For example, AIDS, uh, we will have made an improvement, but not the dramatic improvement probably in that time frame. Malaria, perhaps, and a number of the other ones, uh, we have things in the pipeline. So. You know, huge change in the uh, mortality rates in developing countries, which then has this effect of reducing population growth. That's the, this big benefit that then makes everything like education and nutrition a lot easier. So I, I have very high expectations there. And we actually use these dashboards internally at the foundation to make everything be quite numeric. You know, we're trying to be rigorous about that and even share those so that people can see, oh, you fell short of uh, what you had in mind, and then we get to explain if we have any lessons that might uh, be learnable from other foundations. So I think there's some things about uh, how we go about things that I hope uh, those learnings can have an impact. There's the specific work in, in the different divisions, health, development, and the U.S. education work. Uh, that in 15 years, boy, we, uh, you know, by then we will have spent a lot of money. Three billion a year, 15 years, that uh, adds up. Uh, and for that, uh, people should have a very high expectation of, of what we can do. Thank you, Bill, for having brought uh, to us this evening a very enlightened, very, a very enlightened view of um, capitalism. I hope many will follow you. We will facilitate it in any case, because that's the mission of the World Economic Forum. And I'm looking forward to, if I may say so, to welcome you back in your new incarnation next year. Thank you. Thank you. So here we go again. This is a another Looking Glass Forum episode here. And we may be doing, could be a syllabus journal entry today. And that was, of course, your cold open with the wonderful elite murder cartel. And, of course, that's your World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates. And, of course, this goes back to 2008. We're talking about over the next 15 years, all that they would do for vaccines and et cetera. And, of course, if you look, uh, you know, 2008, 15 years later, brings us right to 2023. So you can see that they were right on time with all the billions they spent to cause the health of the world and world health issues the World Health Organization to be able to achieve their goal of eliminating the overpopulation. So uh, it's it's right here with this quote unquote new work, this new function, this new role of Bill Gates in 2008 to ultimately bring a mass change to to mortality rates uh, for people in poor countries through vaccines. 
and to, to depopulate the planet. So there, there's your quote. There's your words. There's, there's the massive kind of earth-shattering applause by a bunch of sycophants. And, you know, it's the Obama worshiping team. It's the Obama worshipers. They're over there. And the FBI lie is over there protecting Bill, uh, Bill Gates, of course, and all of his work to depopulate the planet and the poor people and, 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 and to get us in our education and get us in our nutrition and take what, do whatever it takes to basically bring down the population of the world. And uh, their work has never been uh, so successful, right? And they're, they're already talking about as they get old and get ready to go in the box. That's where they're going. They're pretending like they're not going to join everyone else in death. They, they, they just sent that. They just sent a bunch of people to, to you know, there were, there were some people with morbid conditions, morbid obesity, more, different kind of morbidity issues that allowed the, the COVID vaccines and the COVID uh, disease to run rampant and, and destroy many people's lives. And there was a lot of healthy people too, a lot of really healthy people who were forced into getting these vaccination shots for their own good, trusting the credentialed class, right? This is the mass betrayal of the world by the clerks, by the credential class, those with the the IDs, the PhDs, and the, and the doctorates that, that make them MDs and medical doctors. And we, we, we all trust in the Fauci's of the world. We trust the, that they're trying to take care of us. But we, we have to not fail to understand, but to fully cognize that the World Health Organization is not there to take care of. It's not the World Population Health Organization. It's the World Health Organization. And it exists to take care of the health of the world. And of course, when he was talking about at least half of the diseases out there, uh, when Bill Gates was talking to Herr Schwab, right? We talking to Herr Schwab about destroying half of the, taking care of half of the diseases out there. I think what they're talking about, and it becomes more clear now after the fact, is half the people on the earth who are these diseases, right? They're not talking about, oh, people are suffering from malaria. Let's save them. They're saying, let's use malaria and as a disease and the supposed so-called presumed medicine that we're going to introduce the medical solution that we'll introduce to these people will also also destroy them just like the malaria does right so it's about depopulating and destroying lives and destroying people's futures so that they can have a you know what they imagine to be a pristine planet and of course this is just all part and parcel of saving the environment and that's that's what we're supposed to believe but it's really just a return to the neo-feudalism and the serfdom of old where the, the lords and the princes and the dukes and the nobility class get to run us all down with their, their horses and their, uh, you know, their warfare machinery and their you know, scientific advancements. So they can use those ahead of us uh, to you know, save themselves and their families, but ultimately destroy the rest of us. And it's time for us to kind of become aware and to wake up and for the light bulb to blink on, bink. Right now, that now it shoots illumination throughout the room of your brain, and you can now think freely. You can you can imagine the past. There was some kind of force out there, some kind of authority or power that would stop evil men like this from doing what they're doing to the whole entire world. But you would be wrong. We're stuck here in the world with them, and we're just waiting for them to die off, waiting for them for them to just disappear into the box where they've sent so many other people, and to you know find out what their judgment will be. And of course, they're betting the great wager that they're not going to face any consequences for their sin of murdering and destroying so many people. But I wager the opposite. I wager that they are overcompensating for the terrible fate that awaits them. And that for them, the weeks are going by like seconds as their life counts down to the very end. Imagine George Soros. Of course, he's handing all of his money and all of his ill will and despicable behavior and perverse activities by which he, um, constantly um, 
seeks to overthrow nations around the world and destabilize currencies and get people. Uh, what was it? What was he doing there in Ukraine before the war? You know, everyone is a, these these um, sort of apex predators of the the financial world are there to you know to destroy mankind and to fulfill and further the aims of these overlords who wish to just turn us all into a, a technotronic slave class of workers. They don't need millions and millions and, and billions of people anymore, right? Of course, that's the advantage that we have before they can try to depopulate us and kill us off and, and have us, you know, carefully led down the primrose path into the, the gas chambers, if you want, you know, whatever the plans are there, whatever the, the mechanisms for getting us into FEMA camps, getting everyone so impoverished and destabilized throughout the region of America so that the, the grid does it goes down and the Wi-Fi is not working and you can no longer get fuel and there's no food. I mean, it's going to get you put into a FEMA camp pretty quick unless you have the ability to survive out on your, uh, your private property where you have enough room to grow food. And, of course, that will just put you on at the target like the Kulaks were in Ukraine. You know, the Kulaks were the individuals that were killed. I, I think I once said 50 million, but maybe it was only like 10 million. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, when, when the difference between 10 million people and 50 million people, there's just piles of bodies up a, like a mountain. And, um, and it could be easy to, to, when you see the mountain, the ocean of bodies, you could, you could be forgiven for, for how many millions you, you, you know, overcounted. But we're being slowly turned into Ukraine in the 1930s and 40s here, where we're being decimated. And I think the people that actually have the ability to have property and have farm animals and grain will soon be the ones that are most targeted. You can see they're coming after them already, you know, farmers, uh, people that have livestock, who feed the world and who can feed themselves. Of course, they're going to say that these livestock are causing emission problems and they're causing greenhouse gases and destroying the environment and destroying the planet. I mean, just all this absurdity. And the more that we go along with it, the more that we go on, and they, they see how twisted we are and how easily and how, you know, we're, we're undermined in our, in our own thinking and how easily we're, you know, enslaved in our minds. And how easily we're twisted to disbelieve whatever kind of insanity. That's why this transgender, uh, bizarre concept of gender morphology, right? So we're all supposed to become lured into this degenerating uh, mental illness of gender dysphoria, and uh, instead of just coping with those those mental illnesses, we're all supposed to, you know, it's supposed to be a crime if you can't if you don't use the right gender pronoun. It's it's quite depraved. And it's quite sickening how people are going along with this. These are the same people that are wearing the masks, the same people that know more people that died from the vaccine or were injured from the vaccine than they know that were sick from COVID, right? You have a, a common cold come through and then everyone takes a, an extermination vaccine, you know? You just line up and take it because you got a cold. You know, come on, man. You guys are not intelligent enough to live. I mean, they, they really just cold the most stupid and gullible morons among us, right? Not to make fun of those people, but I mean, I knew it from the get-go that it was no good. I mean, you can leave that stuff, you know, it's being shipped in trucks and it's supposed to be kept cold the whole time. What happens if one gets set in the sun for, for a day and then nobody knows? And then, you, you know, I mean, so many people are just being wiped out for being morons here. Because they, they really believed Fauci and they really believed Bill Gates and they really believed the World Economic Forum is, is trying to help us, you know. And so these are the people that are really sinking us, the rest of us down. I mean, the rest of us are resisting and fighting back and courageously desperately trying to like save our children and our country and the rest of you are just uh, taking the kool-aid just going along with it and you're encouraging the rest of us too too so that's why you're so sickening and the rest of us wouldn't spit on you if you're on fire because we're you know why we're so angry right because you're going along with this like a bunch of idiots you're, you're sickening morons 
with no ability to think for yourself, no ability to critically think. You're endangering your own family and yourself. And then you want to encourage the rest of us to do too. And you actually want to pull the carpet out from underneath us as we try to resist and save ourselves. So get behind me, Satan. That's all I can, that's all I have to say to all of you guys who are, who are like willingly going along with us. And they're, they're talking about the next pandemic. And I bet you, uh, you sycophants and Obama worshipers, you degenerate and slavish morons out there can't wait to wear a mask again. You can just pre-order your masks now. It's so exciting. Oh, let's get our masks ready for the next, for the next event. The next event, 201, 202, right? The next 100-year epidemic is about to happen in three weeks. Every three weeks, there's one, and there's a new vaccine for everything. And, and so these people are out there publicly saying it, and you cunts are over there going along with it and taking whatever vaccine they pop out. Oh, take another booster, you know, and you're just running along with it. Hey, man, I can understand we all got to make a living, but and, and, and we all got to offer people products they may want to buy, but... It doesn't mean you need to take all those products yourself. It doesn't mean you need to cause your family to take them just because you're selling them to people. Right? I mean, come on, bro. All you got to do is have your balls drop, grow some gonads, and learn how to say, no, I'm going to put my family first. And there's a big question mark over these, the efficacy and the ethics surrounding all these issues. There's a lot of questions. And th this is all new. And a lot of questionable World Economic Forum, Bill Gates, Microbe Soft, right? What's Microbe Soft doing? you know, involved with vaccines. And then you don't want to question any of that. You want to like pop your, your kids with it. Man, what do you want us all to do? I mean, to feel sorry? Is that you, it's more pathetic than that. It's dangerously, it's scary, dude. And then um, we're, we're like in this contest, this massive cultural contest to see who's right. And you're going to put your kids' lives on, on the line for that because they might get a cold or to save them all from the cold and to save them all from the psychological pressure from the society around me. My peer, my, my peer group and my, and my peers are peer pressuring me to, to do it and I can't get on the plane and I better take it. You know, like, what is going on, man? You, you have no gonads, no balls, no ability to care for your family. Guys, it's just sickening. It's sickening. It's just stressful. Not for me. My family, we're safe. We're never going to take <laughs> We're not going to take any experimental vaccines that are approved after the fact by the FDA like three years later. No, 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 no. We're good. And of course, I blame Trump too. Of course, I blame Trump too because he was the one who was like, he really thought it was great to promote this idea of, of just experimental drugs you can take yourself. They don't allow them and they're not approved drugs, but it can save a life. So we, we introduced legislation that anybody can just take any kind of experimental medication anytime they want. They did that. They passed that crazy legislation right before this whole thing with the vaccine. Just, just, you know, allowing it, inducing it, you know, permitting it to take place, permitting the vaccine and all of the consequences of it to, to really, you know, unfold on all of us here. And uh, maybe some of you guys uh, kind of like threaded the needle. But from what I have been reading, the consequences and the myocarditis and all the, the difficulties are going to follow the vaccine are can be those uh, side effects could be could occur up to eight years after the last time you took any kind of injection. So you might feel good now. You may feel like you dodged a bullet and the, the shortness of breath and all that. It's not going to happen to you, right? Because the the vaccine is not in your bloodstream is not putting pressure on your heart and your and your your blood circulation yet. But within eight years, it could. So and, and your kids too. I mean, I mean, kids the, their ability to reproduce from what I'm looking at. I mean, not everybody in the world is insane. So once you show me 25 doctors and Tucker Carlson and RFK Jr., guys, 
We're, we're well past this idea of a conspiracy. You, you can no longer put your head inside a paper bag and just pretend like this is what you have always imagined this to be, a safe and effective vaccine. No, it's not. It's, it's safely depopulating and it's effectively destroying the American people, which is my main concern here. Of course, I think America did a good job. There was a large contingent of people who decided not to get involved with that or take it. Very wise, very suspicious, very, you know, incredulous of us to not just go ahead and go along with it. So I would um, give us high marks there, but we have a lot. Now we've been, the wagons have been circled around us. Now they have a listing of all the people on a list like you and I who wouldn't take it, who just are too healthy, have no reason to risk our health with some experimental you know, drug or what? That's not a drug, right? I mean, come on, man. What is that? The Pentagon juice nanobots or whatever, man. I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it. You can't afford it, make a law and make me. You can't do nothing. You can't do nothing with these Americans because we will not do it. We will not, we're just not going to comply. It's nothing to even say. doesn't matter how you humiliate us. doesn't matter how you drag us into jail and with, for the January 6th stuff. Those guys are going to get out. You can't kill them, right? You can't kill the January 6th guys, right? You can't just murder them. You can't put them on a guillotine. You can't hang them. They're going to get out soon. They're going to get out in a year or two or three or four or five. They're going to get out. They're going to get out. I can't wait till they get out. They're my boys. Right? We need them. We need them to come on out and um, come out of jail and looking real shitty. Wouldn't let them take care of themselves. Wouldn't let them shower. Wouldn't let them cut their fingernails. It gets hard. It gets hard to wipe your butt when, you can't, when your fingernails are three inches long, guys. Never been in jail before. Yeah. So you guys are all too weak. You're too weak to fight for your country. You're too soft. You're like cat and candy. And we're like, uh, we're like razor blades, okay? So when you put a put bunch of razor blades in the bag with cotton candy, what do you think happens, guys? Just shake it around. We'll see. We're going to get shook up. We're all going to find out what happens here. Because, I mean, we're, you know, it doesn't, it's nothing for me, for us, to give our lives for this cause. So happily. Happily do it. I mean, I'm, I was never fit enough to go into the Marine Corps or to go into the Air Force or to, to fight for my country. But, you know, but I put my hand over my heart. And when it comes down to fighting for my country here domestically in, in this land against tyranny and against the encroachments of foreign adversaries and invasion, yeah, we're going to fight that. We're, we're ready. All, all the people who didn't go into Biden's pervert military to get uh, lectured about you know, white rage and all this kind of stuff. Don't you need some white rage on a battlefield when you're trying to defeat the enemy? When 90% of your, your military is... Uh, so-called quote-unquote white people, people who have a little bit of less melanin in their skin, a little bit of lighter pigment. And um, when you have those lighter pigment people in your military and they're defending your country, you probably need a little bit of rage on the battlefield. You see what I'm saying? So on every level, they're asinine morons, right? Now let's just face it. They're sitting up there. People are taking pictures. They're behind the podium. They have their, they're, they're acting like they're some kind of kingpins and they're just lords of the world. And they're so with their arrogancy and their chins out. Look at uh, the one woman who goes out every day and speaks to... I mean, she's getting annihilated. Why doesn't she just quit already? Whatever her name is, Jean Pierre Moron. You know, why doesn't she just quit? She looks like an idiot. She gives a really bad name to her own cause and her own, like, ancestry. is just disrespected by her as she goes up there and does, like, an Oprah routine to us, right? And lies to us constantly. It's the same thing with all of them. When you go up there, you have the defense. What a re- reject. What a moron. Defense Secretary Austin. You're a pathetic goddamn son of a bitch. You know, and everybody in the military should not salute you. You're a fucking worm. You know, and so this worm is up there destroying our military. 
for the Chinese, right, to make it easier for them, because they can't possibly defeat us unless we have these pigs inside the gates who are uh, unlocking and unsecuring and, and destroying our, our defenses you know, inside the wall, inside the wire. And without them, you know, China would never have a chance. So that, that was money well spent by China to undermine and destroy us here at home. So we, we're not going to put up with it. We're not going to put up with this World Economic Forum. We're not going to put up with microbe soft trying to destroy our families with their goddamn poison. And we're not going to put up with any of this shit anymore, are we? have to read stuff and reading stuff is not my favorite thing to do you know it's not like i love it to sit and to peruse the politico article is cool but to have to read it in some kind of like salient way here on a podcast with people listening it's it's whatever man so we have to get to the special report how bill gates and partners use their cloud to control the world the global covid response with little oversight Four health organizations working closely together spent almost $10 billion on responding to COVID across the world, but they lacked the scrutiny of governments and fell short of their goals, a Politico and Wealth investigation found. By Eric Banco, 09-14-2022. Ashley Furlong, Lenart Thaler. When COVID-19 struck, the governments of the world weren't prepared. From America to Europe to Asia, they veered from minimizing, minimizing the threat to... Closing their borders and ill-fated attempts to quell a viral spread that soon enveloped the, wor- the, the world. While the most powerful nations looked inward, four non-governmental global health organizations began making plans for a life or death struggle against a virus that would know no boundaries. What followed was a steady, almost inexorable shift in power from the overwhelmed governments to the, of the world to a group of non-governmental organizations, according to a seven-month investigation by Politico. Journalists based in the U.S. and Europe and Germany with the newspaper Welt, W-E-L-T. Armed with expertise bolstered by contacts at the highest levels by Western nations and empowered by well-grooved relationships with drug makers, the four organizations took on roles often played by governments but without the accountability of governments whatsoever. While nations were still debating the seriousness of the pandemic, the groups identified potential vaccine makers and targeted investments in the development of tests, treatments, and shots, and they used their clout with the World Health Organization to help create an ambitious worldwide distribution plan for the dissemination of those COVID tools to needy nations. Wow, that's just very helpful. Very helpful, Bill Gates. Thank you very much for that, right? Health of the world, as we carry on here. The dissemination of those COVID tools to needy nations 
though it would ultimately fail to live up to its original promises. The four organizations had worked together in the past, and three of them shared a, hist- a common history. The largest and most powerful was the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, one of the largest philanthropies in the world. Then there was Gavi, the global vaccine organization that Gates helped to found to inoculate people in low-income nations to, uh, you know, to depopulate, remember? Because that's why we want to get this New World Order medicine. So it's in order to depopulate. So Gavi, the global vaccine organization that Gates helped to found to inoculate people in low-level nations, and the Wellcome Trust, a British research foundation with a multi-billion dollar endowment that had worked with Bill Gates Foundation in previous years. Finally, there was the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations, or CEPI, the, inter- the international vaccine research and development group that Gates and, and Wellcome both helped to create in 2017. So it's just a big circular jerk, right? It's a big British circular jerk. It's the, uh, the British and Washington, D.C. establishment, London and Washington, D.C., right, with, uh, with Rome not far behind. So they show some interesting picture, pictures here of uh, CEO of uh, Gavi, Seth Berkeley, former German Chancellor Angela Merkel. Key takeaways. Number one, four organizations have spent almost $10 billion on COVID since two, 2020, the same amount as the leading U.S. agency tasked with fighting COVID abroad. The organizations collectively gave $1.4 billion to the World Health Organization, where they helped create a critical in an initiative to distribute COVID-19 tools or depopulation death shots. Right, that's just, that's, sorry, that's just my little execu- executive editing here, but let me just go on here. That program failed to achieve its original benchmarks. The organization's leaders and un- had uh, unprecedented access to the highest levels of governments, spending at least $8.3 million to lobby lawmakers and officials in the U.S. and Europe, officials from the U.S. and EU representatives from the World Health Organization rotated through these four organizations as employees, helping them solidify their political and financial connections in Washington, D.C. and Brussels. The leaders of the four organizations pledged to bridge the equity gap. However, during the worst waves of the pandemic, low-income countries were left without life-saving vaccines. Of course, life-saving vaccines is the prevailing shibboleth, right? So we can't say dangerous and damage-causing vaccines, because that's really what, what, what they are. So some of these low-income countries who are left without these vaccines are probably better off, and that would be my just opinion piece on the matter. So number six and last, leaders of the three of the four organizations who are just filtering around the same politicians and administrators in and out in order to consolidate their control, right? And so these leaders of the three of the four organizations maintained maintained that lifting intellectual property protections was not needed to increase vaccine supplies, which activists believe would have helped save lives. So that's the follow the money methodology, right? So let's carry on. Civil society, organizations active in poor nations, including Doctors Without Borders, expressed discomfort with the notion that Western-dominated groups staffed by elite teams of experts would be helping guide life-and-death decisions affecting people in poor nations. Those tensions only increased when the Gates Foundation opposed efforts to waive intellectual property rights, a move that critics saw as protecting the interests of pharmaceutical giants over people living in poor nations. Of course. 
quote, what makes Bill Gates qualified to be giving advice and advising the U.S. government on where they should be putting the tremendous resources, unquote, asked Kate Elder, senior vaccines policy advisor for Doctors Without Borders Access Campaign. Soon, however, governments in the United States and Europe were offering their own crucial support to the four groups. The organization spent at least $8.3 million lobbying the U.S. and the EU, according to an analysis of lobbying disclosures. When this past spring, the leaders of CEPI sought to replenish the group's coffers and spent 50000 in part to advance to advocate for a $200 million in yearly funding from the U.S. government, according to filings and interviews with the Capitol Hill staff. The overtures worked. While President Joe Biden's efforts to obtain an additional $5 billion in funding for the administration's international work combating the virus were floundered in Congress, he still managed to slip $500 million to CEPI into his budget proposal. $100 million a year for five years. That's very generous of us, right? Wow. The money, which was yet to be approved, would help what most global health experts agree as is an important cause not only in humanitarian terms, but in helping prevent poor nations from becoming breeding grounds for new variants. Right, right. This is a couple of years back when we were, all, uh, we were all practicing virologists, right? We were all counting variant we were on, so we carry on. And most believe that Gates, the Gates Foundation and other groups deserve credit not only for their work to help save lives, but for being almost the only game in town with sufficient scope to fight a pandemic, right? Is that what, is that what was happening there? They were fighting a pandemic for us? But the group's extensive politicking and financial might in the U.S. and Europe helped to enable them to direct the international response to the most important health event of the past century at a time when governments were caught flat-footed, according to the investigation. So that investigation, which relied on more than four dozen interviews with U.S. and European officials and global health specialists, charted the step-by-step journey through which most where much of the international response to the COVID pandemic passed from governments to a privately overseeing global constituency of non-governmental experts. It also detailed the significant financial and political connections that enabled them to achieve such clout at the highest levels of the U.S. government, the European Commission, and the World Health Organization. So if you detail significant financial and political connections, they used to call that conspiracy back in the day, right? The officials who spoke to Politico and Welt hail from the top tiers of the governments of the U.S. and in Europe, according to the health agencies. They have granted anonymity to speak candidly about how their respective administrations approach the international response to COVID and what missteps occur during the course of their tenure. Many of them dealt with directly with the representatives of the four global health agencies, they call them, some, of, some on a daily basis. I think they're called, they should be called, global depopulation agencies. Politico and Well examined meeting minutes as well as thousands of pages of financial disclosure and tax documents, which revealed that the groups have spent nearly $10 billion since 2020. Since 2020, the same amount as the leading U.S. agency charged with fighting COVID abroad. It is one of the first comprehensive accountings of expenditures by global health organizations on the global fight against the pandemic. Now critics are raising significant questions about the equity and effectiveness of the group's response to the pandemic and the serious limitations of the outsourcing, the pandemic response to unelected privately funded groups. Quote, I think we should be deeply concerned, unquote, said Lawrence Gostin, a Georgetown University professor who specializes in public health law. Okay. 
Quote, putting it in a very crass way, money buys influence. And it is the most and it is the worst kind of influence, not just because it's money, although that's important because money shouldn't dictate policy, but also because it's preferential across it's preferential access behind closed doors. Unquote. Gostin said that such power, even if propelled by good intentions and expertise, is quote anti-democratic because it's extraordinarily non-transparent and opaque, unquote, and, quote, leaves behind ordinary people, communities, and civil societies, and apparently poor nations as well. While dozens of global health organizations participated in the world's response to COVID, the political and well investigation focused on these four organizations because of their connections to one another. Both Gabby and Seppi received seed funding from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and because they together played a critical role in advising governments and the World Health Organization, and of course the CCP was in there somewhere too. Politico and their uh, experts over here forgot to mention that. I'll just point it out. The World Health Organization, the WHO, was crucial to the group's rise to power and had long-standing ties to the global health body. The groups of both Seppi and Gavi have a specially designated World Health Organization representative. There is also a revolving door between employment in the groups and work for the WHO. Former WHO employees now work at the Gates Foundation and CEPI, and former CEPI workers now work at the WHO, and the Gavi, who now work at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, who now work at WHO, such as Chris Wolf, the Deputy Director of Country Partnerships at the Gates Foundation, occupy important positions, such as the group's clout, with the WHO stem simply from money. Since the start of the pandemic in 2020, the Gates Foundation, Gavi, and Wellcome Trust, the MI6 operation over there, have donated collectively more than $1.4 billion to the WHO, a significantly greater amount than most of the other official member states, including the United States and the European Commission, according to data by the WHO. Quote, you have to remember... That when you're dealing with the Gates Foundation, it's almost like you're dealing with another major country in terms of their donations to global health organizations, a former senior U.S. health official said. Working closely with the WHO, the four groups played a central role in creating an initiative known as Access to COVID-19 Tools Accelerator. <laughs> That's cool, man. Really nifty, I bet. Billy thought of that himself. Okay, back to the article. Or ACT-A. That focused on securing and delivering tests, treatments, and vaccine doses to low- and middle-income countries across the world. COVAX, a special consortium operated by Gavi, Sepi, and UNICEF, is the vaccine pillar of the ACT-A initiative. So I'm never going to take anything from any of those people ever. Right? Not even a not even a Werther's original. Nothing. As we carry on here. But Act A or Act Dash A, gotta make it nerded out, right? You know? Gotta nerd it up like Bill would would, would approve of. Missed its delivery goal of twenty twenty one on an, all three fronts for testing, vaccine distribution, and treatments, according to an independent review by Dahlberg Global Development Advisors. 
a policy advisor firm based in New York. Wow, sounds legit. The Act Day Diagnostics team set a target of making 50 million tests accessible to low and middle income countries by the middle of 2021. It procured just 84 million tests by June 2021, only 16% of its target. According to the report, the therapeutics team originally set a goal of delivering 245 million treatments to low and middle income countries by 2021, but later changed the target to 100 million new treatments to by the end of 2021. As the as of June of that year, the therapeutics team had allocated only 1.8 million treatments. Covax set the aim of delivering 2 billion vaccine doses by the end of 2021. By September of that year, it had only delivered 319 million doses. Although COVAX significantly accelerated the delivery of doses later in 2021 and in 2022, governments had struggled to get shots into arms. As of August 2022, only about 20% of Africans were vaccinated, a dangerously low percentage, right? They were running for the hills. They were running away from that crap. And these are the numbers according to the African CDC. Okay, great. The leaders of the group say that they were unable to meet the goals largely because wealthy Western governments were slow to step up and make available the huge tranches of vaccine and therapeutics that were needed to protect the world. The group say the say they provided a crucial voice for the suffering and needs of poor nations without which the progress may have been slower, far slower. Quote, the Gates Foundation focused on supporting a global response that would ensure low and middle income countries had affordable, equitable access to the best data and tools available to tackle the crisis. Unquote Mark Sussman, CEO of the Gates Foundation, said in a statement, in some areas we saw successes on the most critical issue of equitable vaccine access. The world as a whole failed as high-income countries initially monopolized available supply. Unquote. The foundation declined to make Gates available for comment. The political and wealth investigation found, however, that Act A's structure diminished accountability. Act A representatives set funding prior priorities and campaign for donations, but the money, $23 billion in total, went directly to the entities involved in the initiative, such as Gavi and Seppi, although, although Act A's website keeps track of how much money was raised, it is nearly impossible to tell exactly where it all went. Amazing. It's like a magic trick. Based on each organization's individual COVID database, it is not possible to delineate exactly how the group spent the money raised through Act A. Okay, great. So this is the article. It's profound. It goes on. It's quite a read. I would read it more for you, but I'm tired. And uh, you can read it for yourself. So we just, we plugged you in. Take a minute and go read it. right it's now a time for a word from our awesome sponsor wendy's boutique limited wendy's limited.com and uh, wendy's limited.com is offering the hottest new designer trends and brand name couture fashion styles so you have to hear about wendy's boutique 
Wendy'sLimited.com. Wendy'sLimited.com now has designer women's apparel and fine jewelry, sexy boutique fashions, very best prices online. And you know that at Wendy'sLimited.com, uh, they know what a woman is, uh, what a woman really is, right? So if you're a beautiful woman or if you know a beautiful woman, and if you don't, stop listening to this show, okay? Right now, just stop. But if you happen to know a beautiful woman and you are a beautiful woman, you have to know about Wendy'sLimited.com. So these are the, the sexiest boutique fashions anywhere, very best prices online, beautiful luxury products, guaranteed authentic, guaranteed, no Chinese knockoffs ever. So this is the real deal. This is the real, real, the legit, best prices, hottest couture gear, fragrances. We had Tom Ford shades, great deal on the Tom Ford shades. Everybody loves Tom Ford shades. So you can expect to find Gucci apparel, Hermes shoes. Prada jewelry, all at wendyslimited.com. And you got to remember, wendyslimited.com is really now famous for canceling Balenciaga when it mattered, right? So we're not having any of that over here. This is a woman-owned enterprise, all-American, family-run organization, wendyslimited.com, wendyslimited.com. you got to come join the craze. Hottest new designer trends, guys. Wendy's Boutique Limited, we need your support. And uh, she's been courageous to support the show, wendyslimited.com. Professor Klaus Schwab was born in 1938 in Ravensburg, Germany, where Nazi crimes against humanity were committed. His father, Eugene Wilhelm Schwab, was the managing director of Escher Weiss Ravensburg, a company that used slave labor to manufacture weapons of war for the Third Reich. While Klaus's father was at the helm, the Nazi party awarded Escher Weiss Ravensburg the title of National Socialist Model Company. Years later, Klaus Schwab joined the board of directors at Escher Weiss Ravensburg, where he played a key role in the development of South Africa's nuclear weapons program during the darkest years of the racist apartheid regime. Today, Klaus Schwab is the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. If you'd like to meet the people who are supposed to repair the state of the world, or give a piece of your mind to the bankers who help get us into this mess, we can tell you where to find a lot of them. The World Economic Forum. Founded in 1971, the World Economic Forum is an international private organization which receives billions of tax-free dollars from its members and their global enterprises. Every year, the WEF brings together its members with world leaders, big pharma executives, tech titans, Hollywood celebrities, media personalities, and internet influencers to meet in the secluded mountains of Davos, Switzerland. It is a tiny town folded into the Swiss Alps, a village where you could bump into Bill Clinton, Bill Gates, the head of Google, and the Queen of Jordan, all in one place. A lot of reporters cover the forum, but few get inside. It turns out there are two Davoses, one you see, and one you don't. After hours, 
there at Google and the Queen of Jordan all in one place. A lot of reporters cover the forum, but few get inside. It turns out there are two Davoses, one you see and one you don't. After hours, there are hundreds of private parties where deals are done. People who can't be seen together in public can meet here. Your Royal Highnesses, Excellencies, distinguished heads of state and government, the future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room. Klaus Schwab, the founder of the WEF, is particularly upfront and even proud of his ability to shape and influence world politics. I created the immunity of global shapers as a means, as a force to shape our common future. And of course, their Global Young Leaders program is a grooming ground so that when they ultimately infiltrate cabinets, we penetrate the cabinets, they will likely tend to govern a certain way. Nobody will be safe if not everybody is vaccinated. The names in the countries he mentioned ended up being some of the most dystopian and authoritative during this pandemic. Names like Miss Merkel, uh, Vladimir Putin, and so on. Other names? Jacinda Ardern, Sebastian Kurz, Mauricio McCree, Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Ma, Gavin Newsom, Stephane Bancel, Chelsea Clinton, Leonardo DiCaprio, Sanjay Gupta, Dr. Liana Wen, Alexander and Jonathan Soros, George Soros' sons, and several of the Rothschilds. And of course. Now, who could represent such a world better than you, Prime Minister? In 2014, Klaus Schwab called for the Great Reset. We need a Great Reset. Which he positioned as the solution to the world's most urgent issues. The dark reality of Schwab's agenda is detailed in his best selling book, COVID 19. The Great Reset. His in-game mission is to replace independent governance with a top-down controlled, one-world government and a central bank-controlled digital currency. So we're over here laboring away, as you can imagine. We have as many projects going as we can possibly manage here. We're hoping to eventually develop 20 or you know, maybe 30 income streams. And we're just, we're just trucking along here in this collapsing era of the Biden calamity, the, the Biden pedo clan, right? What they do together, especially pedophilia, they do it together as a family, right? Remember? That was the, um, the, the all-important statement. I mean, of course, they, they, it's hard for us to, to detect. We're just the, the bourgeoisie, right? It's hard for us to detect just how perverse and how depraved and how despicable and disgusting the elites really are it's beyond our ability to calculate it's beyond our metric to ultimately be able to cope with the amount of lethal animosity that and contempt that they're these people are stewed in they're, they're steeped in and just total hatred maniacal bloodthirsty predatory the bottomless pit of their loathing ultimately they um are going to work to to bring the whole human race into a a systematic an all-consuming electronic prison, you know. So that's what the technocracy is all about. And you can see Bill Gates and and uh, here the leader of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, really boasting and going to great lengths to just kind of put it in, in our face, you know. So it goes back to 2008 and the cold open. It's pretty clear that they have 
no difficulty at all discussing how they are going to spend all these billions of dollars and plan all this out. And through the, the credential class, the, the betrayal and the tyranny of the clerks, if you want, the doctors, you know, the Dr. Fauci's, like we said, of the world who ultimately are consigned by the almighty dollar to do the kind of uh, new world order medicine that's best for them. So it goes all the way back to an interesting book there that we'll have to do a little report on at some point. Eustace Mullins and his, and ultimately his, uh, his book back in, you know, going back decades and decades, you know, death by vaccine. And we'll have to go ahead and look more into that. So people, people called it and people knew they understood what they would do with their pernicious, you know, cult of medicine. And people really are, you know, sold out by this concept of hospitalization as an all time, you know, it goes back to just this concept that's burned into our mind. It makes me think of Bill Cosby, Dr. Huxtable, right? He was a really good doctor and a great dad. And he just, he made people, he made the profession of, of the physician, the medical doctor profession look really like profound and engaging and, and wonderful, you know, just Dr. Huxtable, right? So when all that peels back and comes apart over time, you can see that it's a, it's a construction and that maybe there was once a time when they made whirlpool washers that would last a long time and Cadillacs that would last for forever. And now they don't, you know, it's the same thing with medicine. Maybe a long time ago, medicine was really good and you can trust the people in the, in the white uh, jackets not to be uh, obsessed with politics or to use medicine to advance their political goals, you know. But now those days are gone. So you, you have to go and look at your uh, your doctors. Uh, you know, we're entering this subtle uh, civil war part two, 2.0, right? And as we go forward, you have to check your doctor's uh, political registration and make sure that they are not going to try to murder you with their their uh, practice, with their medical praxis, right? Their medical praxis ultimately, ultimately kill you if you're not on the right team. And so these people, those poor people that are put on the ventilators, can you imagine, did you ever get COVID? Uh, everyone in the whole planet, raise their hand. Okay, I'm raising my hand. You raising your hand? Okay, everyone raise their hand. Okay. Everyone, everyone on the entire planet got COVID. And so the truth is, is that when you were to trying to breathe and blow out all that mucus, it's like strangling your, your inter internal, your esophagus and your throat uh, and, and your nasal passage with just just a flood of, you know, just depending on kind of like how you got hit, you know, maybe where the infection occurred out in, in your body and your nose or, or whatever, you know, like however it is your body had to react. Can you imagine being put on a ventilator and like strapped down and like have this thing like, you know, killing you, like force blasting your lungs open and just, and just like blowing you out and that they were just murdering people with the ventilators, you know? So I just feel so bad for people that went into the hospitals desperately trying to get some kind of fucking um, help thinking that, that somehow they were going to get some some kind of like life-saving situation but um, they were were put into a category of people that were uh, maybe they were Trump voters maybe they were from East Palestine or wherever but they were helpless in the hands of these these uh, Los Lobos the, uh, the wolves of Loyola right they were in the hands of these well-prepared murder doctors who are prepared to take the $50,000 payout for um, a COVID body. 
and get, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars pouring into their medical establishment and kill a bunch of uh, unsuspecting morons and, and terrified fools who are CNN, CNN watchers and terrified for their lives. Reminds me of a proverb of Christ. Those who wish to save their own lives will lose them, and those who, and those who would risk their life for Christ's sake would ultimately save their own lives. And so, you know, with those kind of ideas in mind, it makes you wonder how people could be so really gullible to just go along with the, the TV doctors as they kind of, you know, they use the deep, deeply branded brainwash of Fauci going back to the HIV days, you know. Remember Brian White, like, can we touch him or can we not touch him? Is it okay to touch Brian White? He has HIV and it wasn't his fault. And just the entire mechanism of the the military, industrial, media, pharma, big pharma establishment, basically just kind of training our minds and uh, branding generations and generations of people with this ideology. And all you have to do is look at the World Health Organization logo with the weird, you know, the staff of Caduceus, right? Hermes staff. It was a, it was always different cults to the to the gods, and of course, the gods come down on the on the mountain, right? Of Olympus, or in the Roman tradition, it was Mount Hermon, right? Was the legendary mountain of the gods, right there near near Israel, right? We went through that a little bit in, in some other shows, but there, supposedly, the where, you know where the, ultimately the giants were born, right? The Nephilim goes into crazy Book of Enoch, crazy occult occult stuff that people don't know a lot about, but there. Um, of course, with the Greek legends of the, the gods from the mountains. And their father god was trying to destroy the gods as they went around and had dalliances and slept with the women and had children who were titans, right? That's, that's the, you know, the legends and the mythology of, of the Greek lore there. And it kind of jives up in the Luciferian tradition because it speaks of the gods who who are from heaven, the fallen angels, who come down to earth to manipulate the, in the affairs of man and, and to, you know, have dalliances with women, and so on and so forth. These are ancient, esoteric, and, and kind of antediluvian mystical concepts that go back a long ways. But, you know, to make a summation of the point is that the staff of Hermes, Hermes was the messenger god who traveled back and forth between the gods, he carried a special staff, and of course, over the course of time, the advent of the Medici art of healing or medicine, that's where you get the word medicine from, is from the word Medici, from the Medici family. They named a lot of things after themselves. They were kind of like a, a proto-Rothschild family, right? Everybody knows of the Rothschild family, ooh. But of course, the Medici were, or they probably still exist, and they're great holdings, and they're, you know, expansive financial wealth. But of course, you don't hear about them. It's just the little clerk boys, the little do boys, the front boys that are up front there that everyone talks about, little banker boys. But the high, the high table, like they like to say in John Wick, of course that's out of sight and it's out of out of view. So all these things, as far as when you ride around and you see an ambulance, and you see the blue markings, you see the blue markings. And you, um, and you see the, the little staff with the serpent around it and the staff of Caduceus or the, or the messenger of the gods, of, of Hermes. Of course, Mount Hermon is named after Hermes. And of course, it's a legendary place where the, the fallen angels 
ultimately came down to Earth. And people like to think that that's UFOs. They're constantly turning on this propaganda as people kind of hysterically lose control of their country and the debt goes into a trillion, trillion, trillion billion dollars that no one can pay back. And your grandchild, you can just see the dial like rolling. Hold your little grandbaby in your arms. And someday that grandbaby is going to be on the, you know, they just keep on like writing these checks in the name of your children that you have to pay back. And it's really not the, pay, the process of paying back that they want. They want to put you into debt so that you have that debt obligation and they can go after the resources the nation has to offer. And China can leverage that debt. It's tied to the American citizen. And when they're holding all that debt currency, they're holding our, our, our debt and they can, kind of, they can buy ourselves back from us. Right, that's where they go into the federal window and the debt, the Federal Reserve just buys its own bonds. So now the, the Chinese realize they can just come in and they can just buy us from us. And then you just sign here. And now they have you, right? Because everyone has a price. That's, what, that's, that's the motto in America. That's, that's, that's the theme. Everyone, you know, everyone will bend over and spread it for some number, right? Well, if I would do it. I would do some obscene, you know. Discuss the act for this amount because it's all about money, right? Well, I mean, as fast as the money is depreciating, somebody might roll up to your front door with a, a wheelbarrow full of cash. I mean, it's, it's just turning into ash, man. Literally, it's like biblical. So as we go on with our show, we, we feel the resonance of this audience. You are the creme de la creme. I mean, let's be real. You're the, you're the hard of the hard. You're not going to put a single iota of your country at risk to these pedo Biden pigs. And you just, you've realized how far down these really ingenious strategists in Washington, D.C., as far as bringing the American people into this place of belligerent and assailant, like, and uh, military terrorist on a battlefield in your own country, right? Instead of, instead of a citizen that has rights, as the, uh, the, the Homeland Security begins to target you, as a, as a militant, an angry terrorist, you know, homegrown terrorist cell. It's your family. You're going to play a monopoly. Your homegrown terrorist cell because you're hoping that people will love their baby and not tear it apart and suck the brains out with a vacuum and then sell the, sell the body parts to China, right? So, I mean, it's absurd now if you want to, if you're with Kirk Cameron and you want to read about the, the little baby cult that takes Jesus. Isn't that a good story? Who's going to do that? I just, that's me, right? Like, you know, I don't have time. But that would be the best. It would be the best kid story. But the little cult, the baby cult who gets picked to, to carry Jesus into the city, right? And everyone's holding the palms. And then look at the, you know, look at the little cult and he's looking up. And that would be the greatest story. What's his name? Like, what's his story? What's the story with the cult, right? That would be the best kid story. I want to hear about that story with Kirk Cameron in the library. And I don't want to see any perverted... Sodom and Gomorrah-like, disgusting sex, uh, dis- disgusting transsexual pervert show for you know in front of any of these kids. It makes me angry. Like the guy who they had to physically carry and throw out of the, the building so they could go molest the kids in the church up in Canada. All right, they threw him out. They threw the pastor out the door. It's crazy. It's crazy what we're going through. So we're just up against this. this, this it's like a force field of spiritual derision and insanity. And ultimately, I think that gunpowder is a thing that was invented that fundamentally protects our rights and liberties. And we got to remember that, man. Just got to remember that. And so here we have these people planning to destroy our food. You hear, you hear it with 
Bill Gates of hell talking about the process of getting into education and, and, and this is back in 2008 and, and into our nutrition so you guys have to have healthy food you could be killed in a week with um with you know imagine what happens when there's a hurricane or a storm when all the highways and roads are shut down for weeks and you know if you're not ready at any time and then if you're if you're separated from the place where you're ready at and you can't be there because you have to be over here you need to have readiness over here you need to be ready here you need to be ready there you'd be ready everywhere you make sure your family members around you make sure they're ready after you're situated. All right, it's a reason to get a, get up with your family members you haven't talked to you in a while. Just it's time to have some generators, have some extra stockpiles of fuel. You're buying gold and silver. You're buying ammunition. You're trading and buying weapons amongst yourselves, which is your constitutional right. right. And they're targeting all of us as extremists right now, just because we want to have our constitution. They don't. They want to go steamroll that. They want to steamroll us. And they want to turn America into another part, you know, of the World Economic Forum uh, Agenda 2030 out of the uh, United Nations there. So we have to be diligent here and work carefully to enter into the record the most meaningful and, uh, and fascinating aspects of this whole suppressed history of the COVID-19 conspiracy, right? So we have the Desert Review. Gates, Fauci, and Daszak charged with genocide in court filings. December 2022, Justice R. Hope, M.D. In a studying 46-page legal filing to the International Criminal Court on December 6th, an intrepid attorney and seven applicants accused Anthony Fauci, Peter Daszak, Melinda Gates, Bill Gates III, and 12 others of numerous violations of the Nuremberg Code. These included various crimes against humanity and war crimes as defined by the Rome Statute, Articles 6, 7, 8, 15, 21, and 53. Besides the four kingpins, 12 others were named, including the CEOs of the leading vaccine corporations and health leaders held accountable for the United Kingdom. Albert Borla, CEO of Pfizer. Stephen Bansell, CEO of Moderna. Pascal Soriet, CEO of AstraZeneca. Alex Gorski, CEO of Johnson & Johnson. Tedros Grebersius, a general director of the World Health Organization. Boris Johnson, UK Prime Minister. Christopher Witte, UK Chief Medical Advisor. Matthew Hancock, former UK Secretary of State for Health and Social Care. Sajid Javid, current UK Secretary of State in Health and Social Care. June Rain, UK Chief Executive of Medicines and Healthcare Products. Dr. Rajiv Shah, president of Rockefeller Foundation, and Klaus Schwab, president of the World Economic Forum. So as we go on with the article a little bit more, Dr. Rajiv Shah, working, having worked for the Gates Foundation since 2001, was named a World Economic Forum Young Global Leader, in quotes, in 2007. He now presides over the Rockefeller Foundation, a group funding ID2020, along with the Gates Foundation. Klaus Schwab, a wickedly intelligent, perhaps diabolical German with double doctorates degrees in economics and engineering, is the founder of the World Economic Forum, a club for the wealthiest percentile of the world's corporate and political elite. He is a power broker who has groomed many presidents, prime ministers, and tech CEOs who now view him as a with reverence and unswerving loyalty. Schwab, an economist and technocrat, was befriended many nations, most significantly Chinese Xi Jinping, who delivered a key speech at Davos. 
He praised his vision of a new world order. On January 25th, 2021, Klaus Schwab vowed his support for Xi Jinping with his words, Mr. President, Xi Jinping, I believe this is the best time to reset our policies and to work jointly for a peaceful and prosperous world. We all welcome now His Excellency Xi Jinping, President of the Communist Regime of China, etc., etc. And so there you can see the, the video with um, Xi Jinping, the communist dictator, coming to the World Economic Forum. Many consider Schwab the mastermind behind the current movement towards cryptocurrency, universal identification, and a one-world fascist government to run jointly in totalitarian fashion with China. Attorney Hannah Rose and seven applicants brought the Nuremberg action on behalf of the victims of the world, the entire population of the United Kingdom. She filed the illegal proceeding with the International Criminal Court located at The Hague. The Hague is notable for its longstanding helping its victims of redress of war crimes, blah, blah, blah. So there you go. Violations of the Nuremberg Code. I think we, it's important that we get that here in the record. And, of course, this is more suppressed news that we're uh, putting forward for you to, to find in the algorithm, even though it's uh, going to be barred and banned and, uh, and, and redacted everywhere else in the world. We are going to make sure that you can find it available here. Coup. And the idea is to create a whole new set of laws and ignore the existing human rights laws and other laws under the pretext of pandemic preparedness and the biosecurity agenda. The WHO is developing through all its nations, but with the WHO directorate and the United States in charge, a pandemic treaty and amendments to the existing international health regulations that will remove the human rights protections currently um, embedded in the IHRs will enforce surveillance, censorship, get rid of freedom of speech, require governments to censor and only push a single narrative. Also, we will be sub subject, if, if they can make this work, to vaccines developed in 100 days, which the organization CEPI is planning to do. And one of the people who founded CEPI was Jeremy Farrar, who is now the chief scientist at the WHO to bring this forward. Um, other things that uh, the amendments do is to bind the state so they are no longer recommendations, but enforceable edicts, uh, provide a liability shield, get rid of intellectual property rights, move supplies from one country to another, um, enforce digital passports, and the director general of WHO can demand that a pandemic or a potential pandemic exists. He can just declare it with no standards, and then countries around the world will have to obey. Uh, also, the WHO will tell you what drugs you can and can't use in your nation once a pandemic is declared. Obviously, the budget will increase. Um, one Health is another part of this. One Health is a concept that was created to enable the WHO, with these documents, to take over jurisdiction of everything in the world by saying that climate change, animals, plants, water systems, ecosystems are all central to health. Also embedded in this concept is a peculiar notion that humans are no longer of greater value than animals.
When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. So we're working uh, really hard. We're over here getting it together for for you, for the podcast here, to bring all this information together. And we got to point out that it's becoming clear as we go on here how hard it is to be a, a populist movement. It's here for the rights of the people when the, the agenda of the, the emerging global order the international system of government that's it's kind of being born as a supranational body there to ultimately run our lives for us and absorb all of our sovereignty and independence and to basically reverse the, the effects of the American Revolution for freedom of conscience and political liberty, seeing those effects utterly reversed by a system that's uh, totally committed to depopulation. So, you know, the, the, the populist movement of nations doesn't really go very well with a depopulation agenda. That's what's pretty clear to me. And you can see here, even with uh, with Kamala Harris, vice prostitute, right? The vice prostitute in the, in the White House over there, she's ultimately even letting it slip, a little Freudian slip there, making comments up at the podium and then, uh, you know, making it clear that in the background what they're talking about, and she lets it slip out in, in public, in depopulation. That's what it's all about. So you have this whole issue with a fixation, a long-term fixation on the attempt to make uh, government medicine cradle to grave, you know, heavy on the grave, federal medical programs or whatever they're going to have here, death panels, right, that decide when, you, when you've had enough, when, when you've lived enough, when you've taken out enough resources and polluted enough, and now we're just going to, you know, we'll give you that final job and it, it'll be a death panel, right? That's what, it's, that's what Clinton was all about. And you can see there's a total fixation on getting this pharmaceutical, military, industrial complex, biosecurity state in place so that it's just another aspect of the technocracy, it's just another aspect of the technotronic control that these elites and globalists will exert over your life. It's making your life a total hell. Getting as many people spun out on the on the lies and the deception and the and the, the counter information, right? And so this process of controlling our lives, every aspect of our lives. Think about right now the the American Psychiatric Association, the APA, right? And just think about how they've let an utterly morbid and, and, and gross explosion of medical illness and gender dysphoria, right, carefully cultivated. Instead of the instead of these association of psychiatrists and psychologists in the world and mental health workers, instead of them going out and doing their best to treat people with gender dysphoric, unhinged mental illness, right? Now, far from that, they're going to ultimately be bringing these propagating these mentally deranged individuals and getting it set all over the society. So you can see they've been busily working to get into the schools and get their hands on your kids so they can try to mutilate them, to try to get them to self-castrate, chemically castrate, to get into their the, the, the young period of their lives when they're very impressionable. They're developing. It's developmental stages of, of childhood, right? And they're in there tinkering around for hours a day while you're at work, whispering in your kid's ear, right? And they, and they jump up and pretend like it's bingo and they raise their hand in the air and they Oh, I got one. I got a gender. I got a gender reassignment case over here. Little Billy finally said it. That he, he sometimes feels like he's Sally because he's four. He's six, right? He's six. He said he feels like Sally. It's time for the castration, right? Let's get the surgeons out. Let's get up to Boston University and Boston College. Oh, yeah. The, wait, isn't that isn't that a Jesuit a medical uh, training facility there? I think it is. Boston College just happily set, doing their level best to provide as many castrations and breast removals from young young people that they can before they can change their mind right before they can get older and go through their awkward teen stage of being you know a tomboy you get the awkward stage you're going through puberty and all of a sudden you know there there's the adult world there's the jesuit militia ready to pounce on any little kid that walks in who got talked into 
playing with Barbies. Little Jimmy gets talked into playing with Barbies, and now they gotta cut his prepubescent wiener off, right? That's what this is all about, guys. It's a total destruction of our minds, of our souls, of our bodies. And then these parents stand there walking Jimmy into the buzzsaw, right? Walking him right into the plane propeller. Right. Come on, little Jimmy. Let's just finish up on this decision. This is a life, lifelong decision you made. You're, you're eight years old. You're old enough to decide if you want your own wiener chopped off, little Jimmy. Or Sally, sorry. So, you know, it's, it's an utterly disgusting, all-out, unrestricted warfare on the American people. And it's not just China, right? They learned that. They learned that from uh, from somebody else. They learned how unrestricted warfare works during the century of humiliation, right? When it was the, the British shipping elites and the skull and bones aristocrats here in America, right? Using their shipping lanes and their, their shipping vessels to make sure that China was utterly inundated with tons and tons and metric tons of opium so that the, the entire nation could be addicted and brought into absolute abject servitude and slavery. And when people are just passed out, laid out on the docks, you know, you don't even have to, you know, you don't have to, there's no struggle, right? There's no resistance. You don't have to hold them down when you rape them. They just lay there, doped up, the house of the rising sun, right? That's what, uh, that's where you're never supposed to go. But of course, the entire nation of, of China was taken there and all of their assets of silver and the other valuable commodities were stripped away and they were given the worthless an addictive narcotic of opium to um, assuage their pain and suffering, right? And so it's just experience that China went through. And even though they were put into the hands of rabid and nihilistic and insane uh, Marxists and communists, you can see that uh, Marxism and communism wasn't a product of the Chinese culture, right? The Chinese culture would ultimately get these ideas of Karl Marx there in England and, and in Germany and in Europe and generally, and other ideas about communism and Leninism and so on. They would get all that in the turn of the century. They wouldn't necessarily, uh, that, uh, that political dynamism and the, that political weaponry being used against China, right? What was established in 1949, all of a sudden the great and wonderful uh, Chinese culture, thousand-year-old culture, developed all kinds of medicines and actually invented gunpowder, right? Thousands of years old. And it was finally totally muzzled and restrained and tied down in, in a straitjacket, in the, in the uh, political political straitjacket of communism. So, utterly and totally enslaved by Mao Zedong, right? Who was ultimately a stooge of MI6 and a student of Yale, uh, Yale University, Yale and China education program, right? They found the right guy. The MI6 Skull and Bones Yale Confederacy. They found the right. They found the right guy. And Mao, right? They got. They got Mao Zedong. They got him up there. They. They did their cultural revolution. They. They destroyed half the population in China. They brought them low. And they bound them and muzzled them in terror and, and traumatic horror that uh, we uh, we can't comp- contemplate. I think they're about to um, to get that going over here in America. I think they're setting us up for that January 6th debacle was really just a setup for a Tiananmen Square type situation, right? To, to Tiananmen Square, the populist movement helps to depopulate, right? Helps us to depopulate when we can Tiananmen Square, the American people. And we just got to find the right guy to do it, right? Really kill a couple, 10, 20, 30, 40,000 Americans with some tanks, run them over, you know? That's what they did in Tiananmen Square. That's how they made sure that people would remember that. As, as soon as they started to build the, the Statue of Liberty model, right? They started to put the hoist, a large construct of the American, of, of the Statue of Liberty there in Tiananmen Square. I think that's when they decided that they had to roll the tanks out. And it wasn't going to work. The, uh, the people's right to redress their government was not going to be uh, acceptable, right? They were, they were not going to countenance that 
populism. Right? So it's just all about depopulation. It's all about bringing the, the people to heal so they can learn their rightful place. Right? They can learn their rightful place at the, the feet of the masters begging and slobbering and for, uh, you know, whatever little crumbs that, that they might fall off the, the table of the masters. Right? Just begging, beggary, penury, forced government abortions. Right? That's what we have in China. And that's what they want to bring here, guys. We don't need all these extra people breeding and reproducing like, like maggots. Right? Gotta get this under control. Gotta exterminate. So that's what you're seeing with Bill Gates. Bill Gates used to be some kind of computer nerd. And uh, he's uh, he's linked up over here with World of Economic Forum villains. He's linked up over here with uh, Schwab. And they're they're doing their level best to make sure they can, you know, they're, they're going quickly. Their lives are burning quickly. Look at, look at Schwab. He's almost in the box. He's old. Bill, uh, Bill Gates is getting there. He's going in the box. They want to try to upload their consciousness to the mainframe and digitalize their 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 spirit and, and their mind so they can live in a computer because they're so scared of dying. They're so terrified of passing through this place to the next place and what might happen that that sheer unrestrained uh, terror just uh, is. Uh controlling their all their actions and behaviors right they can't they can't let themselves get old they can't think about getting old they can't think about dying they can't cognize it they can't do they, they literally can't let themselves think about it every day right it's the only thing that's really happening look at look at fucking uh, george soros the guys he's probably dead right now i mean they probably got him on like death darth vader and some kind of computers and hoses trying to keep him alive because he doesn't want to go he wants to stay here with all his money he wants to stay here with all his power and all his uh his um Ability to, to to ruin our lives, like his plan to destroy America, it's it's going uh, like gangbusters. Why why would he want to allow him, let himself die now? Right? They they all want to upload to the mainframe, escape death. That's the plan, right? Live on here, tormenting us forever. And uh, you can see Bill Gates is now in the, the microbe soft business, right? He wants to have his own vaccine. People might volunteer to take it, right? So we're at the end of this age. We're at the, we're at the point of the people. And what you're hearing now is the, the final gasp of resistance, the final and uh, desperate fight of the, the manhood in America to resist absolute tyranny. And we have to resist absolute tyranny because submitting to absolute tyranny is a sin. Okay, you're not you're not to submit to abject, total serfdom and slavery. Right, you're not to. You're to, you're to resist and fight. It's your duty in your Bible. You're bound in duty. For the eyes of God to do whatever it takes to resist evil and to overthrow tyranny. That's what you saw in America. That's what you saw during the American Revolution. It was much different than the French Revolution. Much different. The French wanted to go back to some obscene and debaucherous age of lechery and, and whoredoms. But that, that wasn't what was happening in, in America. America had the uh, the Great Awakening. Had the 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 Protestant Reformation. It was in the throes of a revival and and a reform towards the Lord and, and having their Bibles and their guns. And they resisted papal tyranny through King George III, that Jesuit and wicked agent, that wicked Jesuit king, King George III, just bringing back the 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 power of the the Pope and of the Jesuits to bring in the Inquisition. Right when America, when the American Revolution had began in 1776, the Inquisition was still still in, in full swing, guys. They still could march into your house. Storm your, your, your kick your door in and take you away in the middle of the night without an explanation, no charges, no no um, no right to face your accusers, right? No day in court to hear all sides of the argument and make sure the person is guilty. None of that. No right to speak. No right to to defend your home. No, no rights in the Inquisition. No no rights under Roman religion. And so that's what King George uh, represented. We uh, had the glorious revolution. We had the. Protestant Queen Elizabeth. We we had some semblance of of enlightenment and civilization. 
and the light of uh, the dawning of biblical truth there in England, but of course with a, a new Jesuit king, George III, it would be a throwback to the Dark Ages. It would be a return to serfdom and, and the, the butchery and the enslavement of the people, in the name of the Pope, in the name of the Inquisition, in the name of Roman religion. All right? Stop! In the name of Roman religion. That's how it had been for a thousand years, a couple thousand years. And uh, so you can see now that um, we have to do everything in, in our power to resist. And to remember that we need to resist. To remember that it's our duty to our children, to our ancestors, and to the children who come after us. And it's our duty to, to fight for independence and liberty. And to do everything we can to resist anyone who would encroach upon those rights, including the Department of Homeland Security. The Department of Homeland Security is there to, to just pass around the, all the, the wicked plans they have to ultimately attack the American people. Because the American people are the enemy now, don't you know? The American people who, who want to have their flag. So American flag, that's a sign of, of white supremacy. And um, the, if somebody who wants to fly around the American flag, that's a sign of, of white homegrown terrorism and nationalism. Christian nationalism, ooh, right? If you have that, boy, if you have Christian nationalism and, and homegrown, uh, you know, people who want polit political rights and liberty, well, you can't have that. Those people could be dangerous, right? That's it. You go look at the Homeland Security paperwork they're handing around to everyone, people who, who talk about the Constitution, people who talk about their, their rights. Those people are dangerous. Those people have to be, you know, have to be flagged for serious terroristic, uh, you know, terroristic political ideas, right? So that's what they're saying up there. That's what they're getting ready to do. It's another Bartholomew Day massacre, right? It's just another betrayal of the people. And as much as that uh, the, the government will ultimately, you know, commit a democide, that's it, what it always does. Right? It's, it's a democide. It's an ultimate destruction of the people. That's really what the, the French Revolution looked like. The Great Terror, right? It wasn't a liberty of the people. It was a, it, it was a destruction of the monarchy and a destruction of the people at the same time, Right? So that, that was the Jesuits behind the scenes uh, working as well, quote-unquote Jacobins, right? We've already done episodes on that. We already showed how the, the headquarters of the Jacobins were, were old uh, Jesuit colleges and, and, and Jesuit centers that had been in France a long time. They were used as the, the political headquarters for the Jacobins, and ultimately they would just destroy the people as many as possible, and they would just ultimately destroy the king. Right, who who allowed the Edict of Nantes? Who allowed a return for religious liberty? Right, that that's what he that's what he did. He he was bringing back a restoration of political liberty for the Huguenots, so the Huguenots could pray as they wanted and have their Bibles, and and, and they didn't have to recognize the papal authority of, of Rome. Right, that's that's what the Huguenots were doing. That's what the king was allowing. That's why we had to have a, a French Revolution destroy the king and then destroy the people and have this ridiculous disgusting and bizarre you know a republic is that what it looks like to you a republic in france it doesn't look like it to me it just looks like a, a technotronic control system led by another jesuit leader macron right didn't he wasn't he at a Je jesuit college macron emmanuel macron went to the jesuit university that's where he mar married his wife right when he was 20 and she was 40 there was a in, at the jesuit university there was a female ooh Okay, what was that fraternization, right? There was a female professor at the university, at the Jesuit University there. And, of course, Macron just, uh, he can't get enough. And uh, ever since then, he's been uh, been going up, up, up. He marries her, and now he's uh, the leader of France, and now France is in flames. Notre Dame is in flames. The people are, you know, they've let all these Muslims and these uh, foreign, you know, be, be Muslim in your own country. 
Don't bring your Muslim ideals over to a Christian country. That doesn't work, does it? What are you going to go there to try to spread Islam and behead people? You know, behead. That's what it ultimately is leading leading up to. It's just uh, you bring all these rapists and criminals into your country there to try to spread their religion by means of crime and murder. And uh, that's that's the plan, guys. It's not an accident. It's not an accident that's happening in Switzerland, in Germany, in France, in 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 uh, the UK. Everywhere you look. On all sides, you can see they're just strangers, foreigners, people who don't belong, people who don't fit, people who are from some other failed and sickening and depraved culture from somewhere far away, bringing all their customs and practices with them and, uh, and threatening the very civilization into which they came. So that's what we're going to get into today, guys. We're just working hard to make sure that we have all this information here for you. You can see that, uh, that Bill Gates and uh, some of these other guys are under under charges from the European courts. Having been part of the uh, signing the criminal uh, signing of the treaty, of the Rome Treaty, the Rome Statutes and all that, they uh, that formed the United, the European Union. Now they're signatories to the, uh, the criminal courts there, the international criminal courts, the ICC, right? Of course, now the ICC is trying to bring Bill Gates and some of these other individuals up on charges. Nobody can hear about it, right? You can't hear it in the media, but we're going to show you here now. So really now we have to take a moment to turn our attention to a really fascinating and somewhat explosive interview that we were able to catch recently. And it's information nowadays. It's like, you know, drinking water out of a, a, a fire hose. And so there's only so much information you can consume. And there's only so many hours in the day. So you have to kind of do your best to try to keep up and to try to put everything in, in a perspective in a very fast moving, high velocity environment. The, the narrative is moving quickly, and they're, they're, it's a constant, almost militaristic campaign to control our minds, to control what we're talking about, and control the headlines, and to be the ideologues behind what uh, is the purpose and philosophy of advancing mankind and moving humanity forward on these terms, such as saving the environment and sustainable climate development and the United Nations and World Health Organization, all that, you know, these are the, supposed to be the constructs of global governance that we're supposed to kowtow to and, and, and somehow submit to. But we uh, ultimately, obviously, you can see here, we're going to refuse and we're going to continue to expose this moronic, sadistic, and evil world conspiracy. So we carry on, and just as we had to take our time to present the European Parliament panel, uh, Dr. Meryl Nass ex explaining why the World Health Organization's proposal uh, and proposed pandemic treaty will enable the WHO to take, quote, take over jurisdiction of everything in the world by saying that climate change, animals, plants, and water systems and ecosystems are all central to health, unquote. In addition to that, it will remove human rights protections and force censorship and break down national sovereignty, uh, produce uh, universal digital passports, require governments to push a single official narrative, enable the World Health Organization to declare pandemics on a whim and all that that entails. Quote, we're undergoing a soft coup under the pretext of pandemic preparedness and the biosecurity agenda, unquote. And so, you know, just as it was absolutely necessary for us to include that information from wideawakemedia.com, it's, it's crucial that we, you know, push this idea of a, a climate scam, a new scamdemic having to do with this uh, pandemic treaty. And in order to further the point, we want to just kind of pivot and turn now to Alex Jones interviewing 
Dr. Peter McCullough, the most, one of the most prestigious and most educated and most lauded and preeminent doctors that we have in America, who uh, apparently was fighting just to keep his medical license because of his rational and honest candor on issues to do with COVID-19 and the, all the manipulation and conspiracy surrounding that. But uh, let's not listen to me discuss it. Let's turn and, and listen to the discussion ourselves. And what you're saying is key. Remember the UN protocol put out by Fauci and the NIH, because we know they ran it. When you get to the hospital with a sore throat, having trouble breathing, just go home and wait till you're half dead, then come back, then we'll kill you with a ventilator. They knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, Alex, I, in my Substack, believe it or not, there was a study done in Asia, even if you use the sprays and the gargles in the hospital, they even worked in the hospital. You know, in the U.S., the nurses didn't give the patients any sprays or gargles. They got railroaded on the ventilator. I want everybody to have a virucidal nasal spray, uh, have scope or Listerine, have a, an iodine bottle, and be ready. The first hour of getting sick, get on it. When you're sick, every four hours, doing the nasal sprays and gargles, you can do it twice a day for prevention. I don't travel without having a high-quality spray and it, let me tell you, it makes a world of difference. It works against flu, the common cold, COVID, and probably the next thing coming our way. Absolutely. What else do you see, just as a as a as a patriot, as a as a husband, as a you know someone that's aware of what's going on in the world? Looking at the Russia war, looking at Biden not knowing who he is, uh, clearly declining at an accelerated rate. Looking at the persecution of Trump, just separate from the medical tyranny, just as a, a citizen, what do you make of the world right now? Well, there's a theme, and let me tell you what, Klaus Schwab put it out there in 2017 in his book, uh, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. You know what the theme is? Transhumanism. Transhuman. That means transform the human body. The environment doesn't change. Klaus Schwab says in the Fourth Industrial Revolution, the winner will take all. What does he mean, Alex? Is that me or you or is that him? Does he win and take all? Transhumanism means the body changes. That's what Elon Musk wants to do with the Neuralink product. Clearly getting genetic shots every six months is changing the body for the worse. And now we've got the gender crisis where suddenly boys want to be girls and vice versa. Alex, the outcomes are horrific with transgender medicine. It's now admitted that the most powerful billionaires on Earth and intelligence agencies, including MI6 and CIA, have been preparing the transhumanist cult through the transgender attack as their first salvo since the late 60s. Now it's completely out in the open and major opposition's forming to it. Uh, how do you think th this operation of these organizations is going? They're pouring uh, pornography into the schools, trying to indoctrinate the kids, get them confused. Do you know all the medical societies, the endocrine society, the pediatrics and OB-GYN societies? They all say a 10-year-old child who's confused about their gender should start hormone blockers and then get their genital surgery, get the breasts removed, uh, penis opened up, uh, testicles removed. Alex, this is a disaster, and the medical community is driving this. I'm telling you, as a doctor, this is malpractice. No good doctor should do this. 19 states are trying to shut it down, including Texas. But then we have the courts in Arkansas that overturned the gender ban. This is 
absolutely an atrocity. But that's Great the good news. But, but that's the good news is there are men and women of courage in the medical community. I would say the majority are now starting to speak out, and that's why it's so much. That's why the the, the attack is is stuck in the mud and is in so much trouble right now. So people need to have courage and speak out against this and realize this is a real takeover. It's true. A couple of things to recommend quickly. Great book out there. The the leading child psychiatrist in the world is Miriam Grossman. Get her book, Lost in Transnation. Lost in Trans. It's a how-to guide for parents to protect this from happening to their kids. Alex, you got to feature it in your store. And then also a great organization of support I donate to them is called Do No Harm. It's led by former dean at University of Pennsylvania, Stanley Goldfarb. Listen, Grossman, Goldfarb, and myself Leading doctors, as you say, we're not going to allow this atrocity to hit our kids. If kids are confused around the time of puberty, you know what the answer is, Alex? Go through puberty and it clears up. Well, absolutely. But plus, children, you could get 10 kids in a room and say, let's all pretend we're a, a superhero. They're going to do it. If they tell the children, well, do you ever feel like you're more attracted to boys? Well, they don't mean sexually. They mean little boys want to play with little boys. Little girls want to play with little girls on average. And so then they go, oh, they put you in a database, as you know, and then they keep it secret from parents of many public schools, many private schools, and then put you into a cult. This is a political system using sexualization to permanently make a connection to your child. Child. This is truly weaponized. Right. Parents need to protect their kids right now. Remember, ages zero to 10, a single image permanently imprints the mind. If that child goes to a drag queen festival, the human mind is forever changed. Same thing with getting exposed to pornography. Parents need to take control, Alex. Do you know what school system shut down the pornography in the school? You'd be amazed at this. Dearborn, Michigan. You the know Muslims. why? You know who shut it down? The Muslims. That's a Muslim community. The Muslims said, get the pornography out of the schools. So let's take a spin over to the uh, wonderful United Kingdom, right? And we'll take a look at in London there, and a new Bedfordshire, I believe. We're going to speak with a representative there to the wonderful parliament. The House of Commons, right? Dave Holland, New uh, Bedfordshire, UK. So what are they saying about the World Economic Forum, right? We all wonder. And of course, they're very closely affiliated over there with living so close to Geneva and to, and to Brussels and The Hague and having everything to do with uh, what's happening in, in Europe. The, the British would be having a very strong opinion about the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, and we would uh, be interested to know what that is. Are they the good guys? Or what's really the truth here, Dave Holland? I'm Dave Holland, Reform Party spokesman for Mid-Bedfordshire. Let's stay connected. World leaders are being influenced and are working in lockstep with unelected big business, billionaires and lobby groups. The World Economic Forum want to achieve their Agenda 2030 goals, population reduction, digital IDs, digital currency, an end to flying and private transport, 15-minute cities, an end to eating meat, health passports, a global military, an end to national sovereignty, universal basic income, social credit scoring, in short, apparently, you will own nothing and you will be happy. There is an argument that managing the planet requires a global government, so why not assemble the G195 to include every elected national leader within a democratic framework? That is not what is happening at the World Economic Forum. The WEF are using George Orwell's 1984 as a how-to manual rather than a warning of a dystopian future to be avoided. 
Not one elected leader in the Western world has spoken out against what the WEF want to do to us. In the UK, the leaders of the Tories and Labour are both members of the WEF, as are many ministers and members of the opposition. If you vote for the established status quo, you are voting for continued WEF influence, for Agenda 2030, for a new dystopian future of total control. Reform are not members of the WEF and have no intention of becoming so. We are anti-WEF, anti-being governed by unelected bodies. Our politicians are elected to represent us in Parliament, yet they also represent the WEF agenda, the big business agenda, the lobbyist agenda, the bankers agenda. We left the EU so our elected MPs were accountable to us. Following an unelected agenda is not what we have voted for. No man can serve two masters. The Great Reset is not for our benefit. It is to increase the power that unelected elites will hold over us. So as we go and to close the show out today, we thank you for uh, participating and uh, coming to hear the wonderful and sublime uh, intonations of the uh, deep consciousness over here that we're working with. And we, we, of course, we hope that you'll come and join the book club and support us, our, our awesome sponsors like wendyslimited.com over there, Wendy's Boutique Limited. Got to keep women beautiful, right? Let women be women, right? So that's the uh, whole premise of that, uh, that ancient and profound wisdom of old, right? Just let women be women. So we have to support our, our sponsor, wendyslimited.com. And we hope that you will uh, join us again in the future and, and come become part of our our larger fan base and supporters. If you have something you want to say, please come and just uh, jump on. We'll, we'll let you come on here and uh, voice your opinion. So please support us. We definitely, you know, we thrive on your support. We need you to come in and support us every chance you get. You can hit us with Cash App. You can email us with uh, some feedback of all kinds, positive and negative. We need the uh, the criticism. We need the, the candor to help us grow. All right. That's, that's, of course, that's everybody. So we just want to go forward, and we have Dave Rubin here. Dave Rubin is just always on the cutting edge of making sure that we're paying attention to the uh, bouncing ball right here, really focusing in on the World Economic Forum, you know, and as we've done a lot today to show you the, the conspiracy, the conspiration, and the constant artful design of cunning, <laughs> what have you, that these uh, megalomaniacal globalists, you know, have, uh, have in the works here. And so as we go out, let's to uh, just take a, a little moment to listen to Dave Rubin as he's kind of keeping us up to date here. And the plan is in full sight, and it has been in full sight for quite some time. Uh, we have not shown you a video of World Economic Forum uh, Grand Emperor Palpatine, Klaus Schwab, in quite some time. But here he is in July of 2020 saying that the next crisis will be climate change. How he knows, I just I have no idea. We know now uh, that um, the next crisis is already waiting for us around the corner, and it is the climate crisis. Convenient, the next crisis is around the corner, and I happen to be somebody making a lot of money with a bunch of people who are also in their private jets cashing in on this bullshit while you peons will eat your, your you know, your sludge. Oh, I can't believe it. 
Bill Gates, uh, who's also another one of these weirdo lizard people, here he is in 2008 with Klaus Schwab, uh, and uh, they're into population reduction, which kind of makes you think that uh, it's weird that they had everybody injected with this experimental not vaccine, doesn't it? Here they are. Enjoy or don't. I don't know. What What would you like to see as your legacy in 10, 15 years? I'm... I'm set very ambitious goals because I'm quite optimistic. If you look at, say, the the 20 diseases uh, that our global health program goes after, I'd hope that within 15 years, over half of those, we could have had a very dramatic impact. Uh, some of them will prove to be harder than others. For example, AIDS, uh, we will have made an improvement, but not the dramatic improvement probably in that time frame. Malaria, perhaps, and a number of the other ones, uh, we have things in the pipeline. So. You know, huge change in the uh, mortality rates in developing countries, which then has this effect of reducing population growth. That's the this big benefit that then makes everything like education and nutrition a lot easier. Do you see how twisted these people are? You see what gets him off right there at the end? Oh, we'll increase mortality rate. There will then be less people so that we can have them more educated. And these, these are anti-human weirdos. That's what they are. They are anti-human. They want less people. I want more people. And I'm not that worried about the earth. And I think regardless, even if it was a problem for Mother Earth, if you want to have more kids and you want to expand your family and your community, go for it. Don't worry about Bill Gates. Also, the idea that Bill Gates is going to stop viruses is insane. What put Bill Gates on the map? He created Windows. Remember the Windows operating system? I was talking about it. With, he had paint. What else did you have on there again? You had paint. That was the only one I used. You had Minesweeper. I don't know what the hell that is. You had, give me one more. It's before you guys. You don't even know. We had, uh, uh, well, again, the paint was very exciting on there. But that thing was a virus magnet. The whole reason that everyone moved over to Apple over time was because vi uh, Microsoft, which is his company, right? Microsoft Windows, all of them, Windows 95, Windows Omega, Omega, blah, blah, blah. They all got infected with viruses. And now this guy is trying to infect us with other viruses.